right. Welcome everyone to He's Done It, a mostly sports podcast. I'm Corey Novotny and I'm joined this week as always by my co-host Brian Wells. We had a slightly longer than expected break between episodes, but we're back to talk about the NBA Finals first two games in San Francisco in the books with the Boston Celtics stealing game one and the Golden State Warriors taking game two in a blowout. We'll give our thoughts on those first two games and our expectations moving forward for the rest of the series. We'll also talk a little hockey, Colorado Avalanche going to the Stanley Cup Finals, Lightning and Rangers are in a good one, and the Boston Bruins fired head coach Bruce Cassidy, so we'll get Brian's thoughts on that. And finally, we'll wrap up this episode by counting down our top five favorite wedding songs. Both Brian and I went to a couple of weddings in the past few weeks, so we thought this would be a fun way to conclude this episode. So with that, let's get started. So we didn't necessarily mean to take a three-week break between episodes. Uh, our initial intention was to record last week, but uh, things things changed a little. Yeah, life gets in the way sometimes. Yeah, life definitely got in the way big time for you. Uh, was supposed to be a fun trip to Guatemala. Wasn't necessarily the the best experience at the end. No, it certainly certainly was not. Did I have fun? Like I told you the other day. Yeah, it was it was certainly fun. But yeah, I got to a point where it became more stressful than fun, and that's not what not what we want to happen on a vacation. The whole point of a vacation is to escape the stress, and I mean there could be some stressful things about vacations, like planning out and stuff and everything. But yeah, the things I went through were not were not <laughs> ideal whatsoever. Where uh, so I got to Guatemala on a Monday, and. Monday through Friday was great. I got to see family that I haven't seen in a while and and it was I really enjoyed spending time with that side of the family and traveling and which is certainly a lot of fun and the reason why I was of course there was because I was there to go to my cousin's wedding and on the day of the wedding uh I was in my tux and I was all set. I had I, I got everything done. I even got my freaking eyebrows done <laughs> <laughs> and uh, got my hair done. And, and yeah, I was already ready to go. And a couple hours before the wedding and even before that, I would say starting on the Friday, the day before, I wasn't feeling great. I had a little bit of a sore throat and I had chills a little bit. And so I, I, I was kind of fatigued. But I didn't think too much of it. But the next day, it didn't. I felt a little bit worse, and I figured, you know what? I'll just take a a, a COVID test just to be safe. And of course, it was positive, and I was not able to go to the wedding, which was <laughs> a real shame. I was 
certainly emotional about it at the time. Yeah, just uh, but, horrible timing. To yeah, the, to as bad as timing as it gets. I liked how when we did a t- we did a top five back in January, like w- things that need to make a comeback. <laughs> I just made a joke like bad luck, Brian. Yeah, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't want it to actually happen that way, but. Uh-huh. Uh, what are you gonna do? That was yeah. uh, you're the, so you're the first person that I've I've heard of. I'm sure there are people that I know, but you're the first one that I I've heard of that went out of the country and actually had to stay longer than their vacation plan because they tested positive before coming back. Um, yeah, so I yeah, was... I would say the bad luck Brian is is pretty fitting for you. <laughs> yeah, that was certainly a bad luck Brian moment for sure. And look, I probably could have taken a test afterwards but one i didn't want to be like a super spreader yeah i mean it was a a safer thing to do so it was a safe thing to do and especially when there are hundreds of people especially people in their 60s and 70s so and another thing is i got to go to the wedding party or like the the pre-wedding like the rehearsal dinner yeah i went to that and and there was a lot of dancing and we cousins and i we a bunch of us we went to the a really nice nightclub or a bar which i'm sure that's where i got it (laughs) yeah (laughs) so uh and and then uh, some of my other cousins did test positive but that wasn't until not until after so So they got to actually go to the wedding and they they ended up being the super spreaders instead yeah i mean luckily there wasn't it wasn't too huge of an outbreak yeah Uh, especially since the ones that were positive were all my age Mm -hmm. so it wasn't too bad, but at the same time, it's like, man, like <laughs> I was looking forward to this all year, and then that happens. And like I said, I probably could have, again, tested afterwards, but I was leaving a couple days later, and I didn't... W- what if I tested myself like a day later? Then I would have been really hectic in terms of uh, like where do I stay, and when do I leave, and who knows if I was able... To, I don't think I was going to be able to make it for the one we had on Friday, last Friday. Yeah. Uh, Luckily, you Bron- tested negative and you were able to fly out and get back seamlessly. No issues, right? Yeah, no issues whatsoever <laughs> there. Right, right. Yeah, so on Friday, last Friday, I was flying back. I was negative and every, everything was all great. And I was going to make it to uh, Brian's wedding, other Brian's wedding. Yeah, recurring guest. Reception on Friday, which I'm, I was going to be a little bit late, but uh, no big deal. I get to Miami and you know there's a little it's a little rainy out but I still see other planes landing and flying out. Is there like thunder or lightning or anything? Not really. No, it was just it was a decent amount of rain but it wasn't too bad. I still saw planes flying out. Yeah, so usually and rain on its own isn't an issue. They they can work around right. it. So I'm I'm there for my flight and all of a sudden there's a delay and the the reason why there was a delay was because of the amount of people that were there. They needed an extra flight attendant, and we couldn't aboard until we got the extra flight attendant. So finally, another flight attendant shows up. Great. All right. Now we can board the plane. And then we boarded the plane, right? And then they say, oh, like, there's a little bit of a delay. We got air traffic control issues. Uh, but we'll be we'll be out of here in about 15, 20 minutes. Like, all right, whatever. No big deal. And I see all the bags coming into the plane. So that means after once the bags get in and the air traffic control stuff is figured out, we can take off, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> then we get another uh, uh, alert saying that, all right, well, we actually have to board another plane. We have to all we'll have to get off this plane. We have to go to this wing and we have to <laughs> board this plane. And 
part of me is like, okay, well, this is stupid. Like, we're here. And, like, you know what? Okay, you want to be safe with maintenance issues, especially with the weather. No big deal. Why are you putting the bags in the plane? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you figure that out first before putting all these bags in? Like, oh, now we actually got to go out and go to a different plane. We got to take all the bags out. It's just like, yeah. So, if American Airlines, if you were listening, you can kiss my ass. I will never... <laughs> fly with you again i'm semi-joking i'm semi, like kind of not it's though. a it's a bad enough experience that i'm sure you won't be rushing to fly with them anytime soon no absolutely not and i just thought you know what if this were any other day like i i just i just need to get home oh, then it's like it's, it's like whatever. whatever yeah like, whatever if i get home at instead of six i'm getting home at nine like i don't care like whatever but it just happened to be a, a time where it's like i need to be somewhere yeah right <laughs> Especially and after already missing one wedding in Guatemala to miss a second one. To miss a second one within awful. a span of a week. It's just, I, I'm not going to lie, Corey, I was, my emotions were. I could tell. I know. <laughs> I felt I felt awful the whole time. I was and, so stressed out uh, uh, from everything that was happening. But, you know what, luckily when I got there, even I was super duper late. Yeah, I mean, you were uh, you got, got there, there like an hour to go at the reception, but yeah, when I got there, it was like you know what, there are still people here. Uh, still, the people that I was intending to see were still there, of course. Um, like Brian and, and his wife, and you guys, and his parents, and like all right, I, I and and a few other friends that um, that I haven't seen in forever. So it was. I'm glad I made it, even though it, even if I was super late. We still got to hang out, talk, dance, and then go out after the reception to another bar, and um, it, it made up for <laughs> missing out on the one when I was in Guatemala. Uh-huh. Um, so, and I let my cousins know about it too. Like, hey, you know what? Even though I didn't get to go to this one, I got to go to this one, and I'm in a full tux. Right. And people are thinking like I was the groom because <laughs> I'm I'm on the full tux, which I was not intending to wear uh, at the time, but I had no other choice. So nah, you you definitely stood out, but not necessarily in a bad way. It was funny right. that yeah, at, at the bar, like not people couldn't tell which one of you was the groom, but <laughs> um, yeah, no, traveling sucks right now, especially flying. I I had my own issues the week and before in Las Vegas when. I show up to the airport two hours before my flight, walking to TSA when I get an alert saying that my flight is canceled. I now have a connection <laughs> through Atlanta five hours later. So I'm like, I guess I just go back to the hotel, but it's annoying because it was a 10:30 flight. I went to bed early the last night I was there. I woke up early the last day um, just for me to end up having an entire extra day out of it because my flight got delayed again. And they were like, yeah, you're going to have a connection in Atlanta now, which I wasn't supposed to have. You're going to land in Atlanta at 921, and your flight from Atlanta to Boston leaves at 920. So I'm like, I don't like my chances of being able to make that. So (laughs) uh, luckily, I was able to get on a different red eye uh, that went through Cincinnati. But instead, I just ended up having the most miserable flight of my life, two hours at uh, 6 a.m., Eastern time, 3 a.m. my body time from Cincinnati to Boston. I was shocked that I didn't throw up on that plane. Like, I tried my best to always avoid being hungover, but after when I dealt with Friday morning, it didn't even occur to me that that would be a possibility. Um, but I, I made it through. It was uh, definitely <laughs> that's, not. That's, that's so brutal. Yeah, it was tough. It, I wouldn't, I don't think it was as bad as your situation. It just bought me an extra. 12 hours in vegas can't really complain about that and my travel issues were self-inflicted uh you know at, at that point i wasn't delayed or anything or stuck anywhere 
uh, like happened to you in Miami, but still, still annoying. And there's another thing, the weather, uh, what, it was too nice in Las Vegas. <laughs> there wasn't any thunderstorm <laughs> issue that I had to deal with. Boston was the same way. So, uh, that was, that was very frustrating. No idea why the flight was canceled. Really wish that they had realized they were going to cancel it more than two hours before the flight, but, uh, it worked out okay. And then my flight on Sunday night from Boston to Raleigh, even though I had a connection in LaGuardia, had no issues getting out. I was glad that was seamless because that could have been really bad. Uh, the one complaint I do have, though, is the Delta app told me that there would be a TV on the plane. There was not. It was a very small plane, so I wasn't able to watch game two of the NBA Finals, so I was very disappointed when I first boarded, though by that time I was off the plane and leaving the airport, not sure I necessarily missed a whole lot. Uh, you no, know, not a horrible not. game to miss, at least as a Celtics fan. Yeah, so you certainly did not miss a lot when you were on your flight because in that third quarter, it was like a classic Celtics third quarter. And uh, a classic Warriors third quarter. <laughs> the perfect, that's true. Perfect the combination storm. of both really yeah. comes together in a, in a pretty uh, unsatisfying way as a Celtics fan. Uh, yeah, 35 but, uh, but to 14. Oh, but they're so awful in in third quarters though. It's like it's not even just that one game. I was looking at some stats on their third quarters and their losses this this postseason. So in game one it was plus two, but that's because they're getting blown out in the first half. Game three versus Milwaukee it was minus seventeen. Game five it was plus two, but their fourth quarter is when they collapsed. Mm-hmm. And then game one versus Miami it was a minus twenty five. Yeah, that one was that really one. bad. That was that was certainly adventurous. And then game three, that was even. But again, they were getting blown out in the first half. Game six was a minus five, and then game two was a minus 21. And then in game one versus Golden State, they they had a they had a bad third quarter in that one. Yeah, it was the they, same thing. Well, they're down, like by four, down they're two down by at f- the half and then down 14 going in the fourth. Yeah, they, they had a 14-point deficit in the third quarter. So combine the first two games, they're a minus 35 versus Golden State in these first two games, which is just... Classic Celtics, but like you said, classic Warriors too, uh, uh, coming out of the half. Yeah, I mean, they've, they've always been third quarter dominant. That was the, the quarter that they used to win, what, three championships in four years. Um, and luckily, fourth quarter of game one, Celtics were incredible, couldn't miss a three-pointer because uh, the series being one-to-one going back into Boston feels much better than being down 0-2. Yeah, they had a just a superhuman fourth quarter. It was and a, all the usual suspects, you know, Al Horford and Peyton Pritchard and Derek White. Oh, and White. Derek White, yeah. who just happens to know, know how to shoot now, which I'm glad, though, because I, I was certainly a fan of the trade when it happened. Uh-huh. And then for most of these playoffs, it's like, oh, man, I don't know if I love the trade now. Yeah, I mean, defensively, he have... he's always been great. But yes, that's, it, that's, uh, net, that part has always been consistent. Net negative on offense for the most part. Right. But luckily... Uh, Ever since, dating back to parts of the Miami series to now, he's been a major factor, even as a role player. He's been a huge factor for them, and I'm glad he's playing well. and And hopefully, he can contribute, have that kind of contribution for these next few games and beyond. And so, I'm glad he, I'm glad he's playing well. But going back to Game One, when him and others were shooting the lights out, I fell asleep. I'll admit uh, <laughs> in that third quarter, going into the fourth quarter. I, I texted you in the third quarter. It's like, oh, it looks like a scheduled loss right yeah. here. And then I and, never heard from you again. And I didn't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, so I fell asleep. Uh, I would have I tried harder to stay awake, but once I saw him losing and losing, it's just like, all right, like, no big deal. I'll, I'll fall asleep. 
no big deal. I got to get up early at two in the morning, like whatever. And then I wake up an hour later or so, and then I see they're winning. They were down <laughs> by 14 and they're now up by six. Like I, I'm like, am I dropping acid? Like what's going on uh-huh. here? And then, yeah, I found out they go seven for seven from three to start the fourth quarter. And then I, I, when I got up, I, I saw a couple more threes and it's like, wow, like this is awesome. And, uh, it was great. I'm, I'm glad they stole one game in Golden State. I think I feel like they needed to do that. Uh, For sure. The, yeah, coming into the series, I expected this to kind of be back and forth the whole way with the Celtics winning one of the two games in San Francisco. I thought the Warriors were going to come out and win game one and the Celtics would take game two. So I was very I was surprised the when they won game one. And the fact that they pulled out that fourth quarter, it's like, yeah, game two sucked. A lot really went wrong for the Celtics. All the turnovers officiating is something that it seems like a lot of people are complaining. I saw that dream on green highlight where it looked like he was playing left guard for the 49ers instead of playing basketball. Yeah. <laughs> he was playing tackle for yeah, the Niners. Yeah. And then the, the Jalen Brown, uh, when Jalen Brown, oh, like, my God. I lost, I lost my mind yeah. when in, in, and not even on the replay, like in the moment uh-huh. when, when that shot happened, I lost. I literally screamed. He didn't even touch him. And then they show on the replay. Like he, he didn't literally even didn't him. even touch him. Yeah. Yeah. So I knew there was gonna be that kind of game once I saw that. I don't want to blame it solely on the refs because the, the Celtics, Celtics didn't eff- play well. Like that's... no, their effort level compared to Golden State. Now Golden State, of course, was the more desperate team though. They needed mm-hmm. to win that game. Yeah. And so there's reasoning for why the Warriors' effort was much higher than the Celtics' effort in that game. And so uh, that that's a huge part of it. But the refs were. Not great in that game, but it, nothing was worse. This is kind of backtracking, but nothing was worse than Game Six, though uh, <laughs> versus Miami. Heat, yeah, yeah, that that was the one of the worst ref games I've ever seen. But the reason why I go back to that game is because Zach Zarba was in both games, and oh, okay. I I I hate I I don't I don't like all these fouls being called. I liked it in Game One where the game flow was great, where they just let them play. But it, yeah, it was like, like the total here, opposite of there. the Miami series, where like everything was a foul. And then in Game now, 1, there was nothing. Now, part I don't want to blame solely the refs on this, because the Celtics and Miami, they're two of the biggest floppers in the league, <laughs> yeah. especially when you have Kyle Lowry and Marcus Smart on, uh, on both teams. Uh, it it kind of hurts the, the refs a little. Like, what am I supposed to call here if everyone's just flopping everywhere? And so, some of the ha- blame goes on the players, but at the same time, it's like I I hate when the refs want to make it about themselves and 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 they get in the way. So that's a semi- small complaint about game two, but it's it's a, it's definitely a series though, which I'm I'm glad they got the one win uh, out of the two. Yeah. So I guess coming into this series, what was your expectation uh, in terms of like how you thought this was going to play out? Just given how you know the Celtics, the, the and whole Warriors series, or yeah, like the the whole series. I guess what were, what were your initial so, thoughts? Uh, my initial thoughts were Celtics in seven. Okay. And I will fully admit that there's a lot of bias there. <laughs> that that was what I was, yeah. The the Warriors are, they're more experienced and they have more depth, at least in my opinion. But I, I do think the Celtics, after these first two games, even though they kind of sucked in game two, I actually, I, I like their chance. I'm more confident now than I was coming into the series. Because I'll admit, like, I just thought Celtics in seven because it's like, this is my team, and I feel like it's their time. And the Warriors—they've had all the success already. Like, and the Celtics have been just the the best team in the second half of the season. And so, and they, they if looking at Brown and Tatum versus Clay and Steph, most people probably go with Clay and Steph. But 
I don't know. I, I love the having two big big forwards that are big good two way players and then you know Steph he's still the best player in the series but Clay he's not the same uh, he, player he's not the same uh-huh. I, I like Clay Thompson but I, understandably after missing two years he's gonna have he's gonna be a little rusty but he doesn't look great I know he had a couple of shots made in that third quarter but I, he doesn't look nearly the same and and if, and if he's gonna play like this the entire series I like the Celtics chances even more yeah because uh, Steph is gonna be amazing but he has to be unstoppable well he or, was or he was unreal in game one to... Celtics just let him take everything and he knocked everything down or I guess in the first quarter of game one he had 21 right. points but then well he then only had 11 points 13 the rest, the, the rest of the way yeah so I, I was wondering why is it why is the game so close after Steph <laughs> right? just made everything because I mean, it, was, it was just all Steph he didn't yeah. have a ton of help to start out, and then some other guys were getting hot in the second quarter. But then in the second half, the particularly in the fourth quarter, the Warriors just couldn't match the Celtics, uh, knocking down all those threes. And that's kind of the state of today's NBA. It's who's making the most threes. Like that's who's Make winning all league. these games. Yeah. So do do you think the Warriors can win if Clay is playing the way he is? Because yes, Clay is not the same, but they still have Draymond. They still have they, yeah. They I mean, they Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole. Like, uh-huh. Those are good players they have a combination of both uh experience and youth like they have a lot of guys who are able to step up i definitely think clay thompson needs to do better than four for 19 for 11 points for the warriors to win three more games in the series but i mean coming into this my thought was warriors in seven 98 percent of the reason why was experience the fact that golden state has been here before they've won several titles together i know kevin durant was a big part of those last two but doesn't take away the fact that Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, Kevon Looney, Andre Iguodala all know how to win a championship together. Celtics had zero players entering the series who had played in an NBA Finals game. So that, would, to me, was the edge. But when you, you think about it, the Warriors are not the same team that they had been last year. Or not last year, three years ago, four years ago. And all throughout the season... They never had that team together. They they didn't really play a ton together. That's why you saw that ESPN BPI stat said 86% chance the Celtics win because they're using a Golden State team that's not the same Golden State team that's played throughout the playoffs. And I still I still hated that stab. Oh, it, I hated it as well. Just given the the 86 to 14, I hate it. I hate saying it's, that. I don't know who you can really call the favorite in the series because Vegas sports books are going to lean Golden State because the public's like, oh, the Warriors, like they're going to win this because they're the dominant team. Like, oh, back to the same Golden State team from you know four or five years ago, which obviously isn't the case without Kevin Durant. Doesn't take away from the fact they're really good. Doesn't take away from the fact that a lot of people thought that a healthy Clay Thompson and a healthy Steph Curry were going to be a legitimate Finals contender, and there probably aren't too many people that are shocked that Golden State was able to get this far. But they're not the same team, and that's why the the BPI metric is goes in the completely other direction. Um, and it, it's it's one of those series where I think we're getting six or seven games. I don't think either. Of these I, I also is believe that as three, well. and I didn't think that going into the series. Anyone who said that the Warriors were gonna win in four or five games, or anyone who thought the Celtics would do the same, I I think that I would be shocked if that were to happen. It technically so. could still happen. It could. Though, just... No, it absolutely could still happen. <laughs> I think the Celtics would probably have a slightly better chance, given that the next two games are in Boston. But I still think this is gonna be a back and forth series. For the Celtics, 
two seven-game series against Milwaukee and Miami. They were both back and forth. Neither team could really gain any kind of momentum. So I'm expecting more of the same. And as much as I can say, well, experience would maybe favor Golden State in a Game 7 in San Francisco, Celtics won a huge Game 7 against Milwaukee. There are questions. Could they win this type of game? And they blew them out, yes, at home. But then they also won Game 7 in Miami where they led the entire way i know things got really bad in that final few minutes but they were still able to pull that one out so (laughs) yeah i think at this point they've kind of shaken off that boogeyman of not being able to win those clutch games um so you could say you could say the celtics are more battle tested because they went through brooklyn and i say say what you want about brooklyn with with their mess and steve nash not being a great coach but they have kevin durant and kyrie yeah they still two guys who have championship experience Right, and then they faced Milwaukee. Yes, they didn't have Milton, but Giannis is a freak, of course. And and then in Miami, Jimmy Butler is definitely a winner. But and then, and then we look at Golden State. It's like okay, they faced Denver, they faced Jokic, the MVP. But it's like who? That's who all else they had. They really yeah, have? everyone else is hurt. And, and then and then they faced Memphis, and they actually struggled against a Memphis team that didn't have Jaw for some of that series. And yeah. then they faced Dallas, who okay, I. I, I felt you can't I felt totally right change picking, your... picking him over Phoenix, uh, <laughs> but like, but then all of a sudden it, I look stupid. Uh, once I got blown out by Golden State, yeah. I mean, I I like, was right, definitely really swayed by that game seven. In addition to Golden yeah. State, kind of I was struggling well, a couple of, of games against John Morantless Memphis Grizzlies. But yeah, no, no, I I get it. Yes, Celtics had a much more difficult path. I don't know that necessarily means a ton when it comes down to it. Uh, it's just how do the teams match up against each other in right. the end. Uh, but yes, I, I agree. The Celtics have definitely been through a lot. It is. It would be absolutely disappointing if Celtics don't win. It's not a happy to be there situation. Like, oh, finally broke through I don't the feel finals. That way at all, like that's either. not the case at all. I mean, this is a team they, that can win a championship together. So, if, if it were 2018 when they oh faced yeah the Cavs in Game Seven, they <laughs> uh, didn't have Kyrie or Gordon Hayward, and and the like Warriors had Jason Durant. Tatum. That yes, that would have been a situation where I'm like. All right, I'm just happy to be here. Yes, absolutely. And, and they're, we're going to win in four or five games. Beating so. LeBron and the Cavs in that Eastern Conference Finals would have been the Celtics championship in 2018. <laughs> but totally different scenario uh, for yeah. multiple reasons at this point. And it's one of those things where it's like, okay, they finally broke through. But is it, I mean, it, it doesn't mean that they're going to get back here. You don't know how many more chances you're going to have. No, I know some people are like, I, oh, well, yeah, you oh everyone who said you got to break up Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown you look like idiots now what happens if next year the east is much better what happens if say Miami goes out and trades for Donovan Mitchell or Brooklyn figures out the their messy situation Milwaukee has a healthy Chris Middleton Philly somehow pulls through I mean the Eastern Conference could get much better there's no guarantee that the Celtics make it past the second round if even that far and then do we kind of go back say well they blew their chance and they're not going to get back again so I, I think this is an opportunity that the, the Celtics definitely need to take advantage of. You know, I don't want to be looking too far down the road like that, but uh, it's definitely a no, situation that will be disappointing if the Celtics don't pull this out. I agree with you that just because they're here now, that doesn't mean that they're going to get back here again. And so, like you said, the East certainly, it, it's pretty good right now, but it could even get better mm-hmm. uh, in future years. And so, yeah, I, I would be in the... In that camp of like, yeah, I would be disappointed if they lost. Now, it's not like, oh, I can't believe lost to this team. Yeah, no, right. the Warriors are uh, great. No, they're awesome. But... And that's another thing. It's like, I love Steph Curry. He's like my favorite player in basketball, just being someone who was a three-point shooter. The the one thing that I can do on the court that I'm 
it's it's easy to appreciate a guy who does it better than anybody else. So, yeah, I mean, from that perspective as well, it's like, okay, if you're going to lose to anybody, Golden State is a team that I'd want to lose to. But it doesn't. It wouldn't necessarily make it like ah, whatever. Like there's always. Ah, uh, we'll get him next time. Yeah, right. right. Uh-huh. <laughs> it wouldn't be like that. No. No. So, yeah. So I feel good about the Celtics right now. I. But like I said though, I, I was actually feeling not as confident coming into the series because okay, yes, they had that road where they they beat Milwaukee in seven, then Miami in seven. But part of me was also thinking it's like, okay, Miami, they have Jimmy Butler, who's awesome, but. As that series went along, I was thinking, man, the Celtics are way better than the Heat. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that was what I had thought literally all season long about. And, and so I hated that it went to seven games and it took the last second to to uh, beat them, where it, the Miami almost made a comeback and won that game. And so I'll admit, I was feeling less confident coming into the series, but I still picked them just because I'm 100 percent biased because I probably would have said Warriors in seven if I weren't a fan of the Celtics. Uh, but uh, after these first two games, I, I don't want to say like, oh, I have all the confidence in the world. Like, oh, this team's, this other team stings. Like, no, like the Warriors are great. They have plenty of scorers on their team still. But I think, I think, I don't know. I think the Celtics match up uh, pretty well. Not, not amazingly well, but like, I think they, ma- I think they're out of any team in the league. I think, if anyone's going to be Golden State, it's it's the Celtics. Yeah, and they right they've now. historically matched up well against them. I don't know how fair it is to compare like a December regular season game to yeah, the NBA even Finals. Yeah, Steph Curry but... mentioned that when he was asked about that. It's like, yeah, they're the one team that has a winning record against us, but it's like those are games in the regular season that. Uh-huh. And <laughs> and I know where he was going with it. It's like, oh, like it's talk to me totally like totally different. The games sport. actually matter, uh-huh. like not not these regular season games. Yeah, in the middle of December or January. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, that that's obviously something to consider on both sides of it. And really another thought I had is, okay, in football, defense usually beats offense. Does the same thing happen in basketball? And, uh, you know, the Celtics are the best defense. And I don't know if the Warriors are necessarily the best offense. We know what they're capable of doing, uh, especially if the threes are falling by not just Curry and Thompson, but some the, of the, the other Cel- guys. So The Celtics have plenty of defenders like great defenders mm-hmm. on their team, like their starting lineup, they don't have a single on defensively. Like you can't, they're all, you can't, they're all great. You can't yeah. single out one guy. It's not like no. Isaiah Thomas on the Celtics, where he's like, <laughs> yeah, they're not playing five like on five four. foot nine. Uh, it's like, all right, we'll go after that guy. Yeah, uh, no, like everyone the their their starting lineup, you can't really go after. Now Robert Williams, I will say though, I don't love that he's. It's it's pretty obvious that he's banged up. Yeah, he's now, not a hundred percent. You can tell when he's playing not 100 percent part of me is like all right is he important like as important in this series than our series because it's like there's gonna be a lot of small ball in this mm-hmm. series yeah i mean what draymond the greens same... their center come on Looney. yeah but at the same time it's like i don't want tice to be out there for substantial <laughs> minutes so yeah it's like maybe maybe he is super important um uh, or that just makes al horford just as important then uh-huh. he's gonna be basically the center at the end of these games yeah i know and that that's definitely a a key factor here. I will say I'm excited to see how the rest of the series plays out. If you remove the bias and you just look at it as a casual basketball fan, this is a shaping up to be a really awesome NBA finals. Oh yeah, for so. sure. Six or seven game series seems like a coin flip and mm-hmm. it would just be a lot of fun and no stress at all if I wasn't <laughs> if I didn't have an actual rooting interest. <laughs> yeah, I know. It uh is pros and cons to it for sure. Mm-hmm. So, we'll uh I think at this point, our next episode will probably be a recap of the NBA Finals. Uh, we'll see if we do another 
in between, but hopefully we'll have uh, some some happy things to, to share at that point. Uh, for now, let's talk a little hockey. So they are in the conference finals in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, we actually already know the Colorado Avalanche are going to the Stanley Cup finals. But before we talk about the the two final series, had some big news involving your hockey team, the Boston Bruins firing head coach Bruce Cassidy after six seasons and six playoff appearances. What are your thoughts on this decision? Oh, how could I feel good about it at all? Like this absolutely sucks. I I hate this move. Uh, undoubtedly hate this move, hundred percent. And now now if they just did an overhaul where it's like okay. Bruce Cassidy's gone, but also Don Sweeney and Cam Neely are gone. Then it's like, all right, I kind of get it. It's like Patrice is very, very likely retiring. And Brad Marchand just came off double hip surgery. And McAvoy, Grizzlick, and others have had surgery as well. It's like, all right, like this is probably going to be a rebuild phase. So if it, if they did a complete overhaul, then I'd be fine with it. But the fact that one of them is gone and it's Bruce Cassidy and not the GM, that that I can't cannot stand whatsoever. Um, I mean, talk about teams. We were just talking about the Celtics, where like we don't know if we can get if uh, if we lose, we'll ever get back here. That's kind of what happened with the Bruins. They they yeah, got there in 2019. They made ago. all the way to Game Seven and they lost. And they have not. They haven't sucked, but they they just keep losing the second round. And now they're losing the this first year, round. The first round, yeah. And now who knows uh, after this past after this year? Because if Bergeron retires. And after, especially now losing the coach, I don't like the direction at all where the Bruins are heading in. And yeah, I'm not a fan of this move whatsoever because I mean, Bruce Cassidy can only do so much as a coach when, like, how, how, how can he do, how can he help win a Stanley Cup when the team that's out there is not capable of, now besides the 2019 team that choked, but take out that year. I, I mean, the, 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 play, the players that are on, on the ice outside of the, the, of course, Bergeron, Martian, and Pasternak, the best one of the best lines in hockey. After that, it's it's a huge drop off on with the second and third and fourth lines. It's and a lot of that has to do with the fact that Don Sweeney just has not drafted well whatsoever. I'm going on the longest <laughs> broken record here because he, if you look at his draft draft classes, and it's not even just that 2015 draft that I keep going back to. It's like all these other drafts that just have not panned out at all. It's it's really just McAvoy, and that's really it. And it's just the veterans. And I, I, I don't, I do not like that the coach is getting singled out for, for just the bad drafts. Yeah, I mean, this Bruins is bad. this is the kind of move that if you hate the Bruins, you should love this because it is shocking to me how Cassidy takes the fall and the the guys running the show are able to keep their jobs because they they've been incompetent for the most part. And like I you said, you had the co- one. You had the one Stanley Cup run. You had you've had some good trades to this point, but... and that's why I can't say it's a complete failure because they made it to the Stanley Cup one year, and they've had some good trades. Like I liked the Taylor Hall trade, and I know he can be underwhelming sometimes, but I fe- I I like that trade a lot, especially since who else are they going to bring in, uh, draft wise, since they don't have anybody in their farm system, and. They pulled off other good trades as well, um, besides the Taylor Hall trade. I, the Lindholm trade was pretty good. Uh, they need a, needed a defenseman with McAvoy, and they've made other trades in the past that I've liked. But it's the it's the drafting that just killed killed them. Uh, 
And so I, I hate that. And it feels like they've kind of been forced into making these deals, uh, you know, not just trades, but also signing guys to these huge yeah, extensions because, because of that. I liked the Charlie Coyle trade when it happened, and he was a big part of the 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 2019 run that they had and as a third-line centerman behind Bergeron and Krejci. But signing him to a five-year, five-plus-million-dollar deal has been disastrous. So I, Sweeney's trades are are up and down. There are definitely some good ones, but his his drafts, but also some of the free agent signings he's made has been awful. Like overpaying for guys like David Backus. I liked him at St. Louis, but God, six million a year for him as well was an awful move. And then they signed Linus Allmark this past year as a goaltender, but he's not even their starting goaltender. He's their backup goaltender, really, because Swayman is better. And then, and yeah, the Charlie Coyle, Coyle resigning or extension to five years, five million. That's an awful, uh, that was, that was not a good move. And so it's not the trades. It's number one for sure drafting, but two also signing guys to bad contracts. And it just has not been, a, he, Sweeney has d- not done a good enough job uh, as GM. And I don't know why he's not gone, but Bruce Cassidy is, which is just absurd to me because He's obviously a great coach. There are definitely rumors about how like the younger guys don't like him, but the veterans. Yeah, I've do. heard that he's like, like a tough, tough coach. Which so. he should be. Like, <laughs> yeah. you don't want a coach to be your pal. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, you want him to be the coach, and I think he's a good coach. He tells it like it is. He's just brutally honest with what he's seeing out there, and he'll tell you even if you're, if you're playing well or or playing like crap, he'll let you know. And and I I like that he's open with the players and. I don't know. I've, I, from what I've seen these past six years, he's made the playoffs every single year, and so that's that's got to mean something. I think um, it's tough to. I think part of the or a big part of it is it's tough to see how bringing in a new head coach would necessarily change things. Like this seems like an opportunity where the Bruins, if they wanted to, they could just tear everything down, do a rebuild, and yes, that's painful for fans, but at least. You're like, okay, let's start over here. What I we would, have going isn't working. But now all you're saying is, no, it's the coach's fault. Like who we have running I, yeah. the show, what I, we have the roster. This is fine. We just need a new voice. I would be perfectly fine with a complete rebuild. But uh, Now in hockey, okay, out of all the sports, hockey is definitely the one where no matter how much success you have as a coach, sometimes the players just do tune you out and you need a new voice in there and guys get fired all the time and you see it all the time in regular season where coaches get fired mid-season good coaches get fired yeah and then a new guy comes in and they leads them to the promised land i think the penguins had in 2009 and 2016 they fired their head coach mid-season and won the stanley cup the same thing happened the blues a few years ago it happens all the time that it's just an actual need a new voice in the locker room and results happen instantly and even though that a lot of times works. I don't think it works in this case because the roster is n- nowhere near good enough to win a Stanley Cup, and it's not the coach's fault <laughs> at all. For uh-huh. What's happening with the Bruins right now? And so, I, I I hate this, and and I would be perfectly fine with a rebuild, but they still have enough good players to be good and not great. And I I hate when a team I, I like is just stuck in the middle. Like yeah. I, I, I'd be, I'm perfectly fine with a rebuild, and then you get, you get great players, and then you work your way up to becoming a great team. But when you're stuck in the middle, it's just like you're just, there's no, there's not a lot of room for improvement. Um, 
typically when you're just a middling team. Yeah, and it's like that across sports. Uh, hockey's no exception. So uh, definitely going to be an interesting offseason from here, see what the Bruins do. I mean, it does feel like they still have to try to do something to overhaul that roster, but certainly a lot of decisions. We'll see what happens with Patrice Bergeron. David Pasternak, I think, only has one pa- year left. He's someone who there's rumors going around that Pasternak- they could potentially explore a trade. But. Pasternak uh, would definitely be the best trade piece, or like you can get the most for him specifically, mm. and especially with well, with one year de- left on his deal, then hey, maybe they could trade um, trade him somewhere. Uh, there are rumors about possibly him going uh, trading him for I don't know, just like several young assets or draft mm. picks yeah <laughs> now i don't know I if i love it for draft <laughs> picks because i'm sure sweeney would just take some stiff that will never pan out and so i would hate that but maybe you'd rather have future picks with like proven new young GM. guys i don't know yeah uh, <laughs> yeah no it, it there's there's definitely a lot of questions there uh, i mean both our teams did have interesting off seasons penguins already locked up ryan rust they're a pretty team-friendly deal but still questions with malkin and latang and some of the other guys so I'd feel better about them just because they still have their core intact and they certainly could have, they could be in the position where the Rangers are now if, if it yeah. just <laughs> one overtime goal and probably would have been Carolina. Maybe or too. I don't know if a guy like Jacob Truba doesn't take out the team's best player. Like he's been doing all postseason, going unpunished. It, this was, lightning... that di- was, it dir- was it dirty? It was a chicken wing. Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't get penalized. He's taken out several players, both regular season and the playoffs. It, you saw the... I guess, did you watch Game 7 between the Rangers and the Hurricanes? At yes. All? Yeah, so do you see... Oh, oh, oh between the Hurricanes... Oh, I thought, I thought you were going to say Penguins. No, no Rangers and the Hurricanes. No, no so I mean, I saw the highlights. I saw he highlights. took out... Yeah, so even in that game, he took out one of the Hurricanes players with a, one of those... They call it a chicken wing, like elbow to the face, whatever, and... The guy was trying to crawl off the ice. He literally couldn't skate because he was just taken out with a headshot. And the refs called Carolina for too many men on the ice instead of penalizing Truba for the hit. And the Rangers scored a power play goal. Next thing you know, they go on to win 6-2. to uh, So I'm not telling you to feel differently, but I was thrilled. Oh, no, I get it. Especially because... Uh, Win a win a Bruins win a road game, you frauds! Just no, I know <laughs> they, they never won a road game. Yeah, no, but that being said, I'm in such a tough spot right now because I don't want the Lightning to win three in a row. I want someone else God, to win. No. I just don't want that team to do the Rangers. So I'm like, I I don't know. Do I root for the my, team that took out my team and in a very frustrating series, or do I just root for Tampa and hope Colorado beats them in the final? I I hate feeling like a Rangers fan, but. Between them and Carolina, it's like, all right, I'm definitely rooting for the Rangers between th- those two. Uh, I just grew to not like Carolina more and more uh, as the Bruins series went on. and Which is natural. Same thing happened to me with New York. Right. I didn't think I'd have a problem and, with them going into the playoffs. And then I don't want to see Tampa, like you said, win three Cubs in a row. God, that's so boring. Like, no, uh-huh. I don't want that. Like I, So, yeah, definitely give me New York between the, those two. And then... If let's say the Rangers were to make the Stanley Cup versus Colorado, then I wouldn't care. I guess I'd care maybe for well, I'd root for Colorado because one, like I don't want to root for a New York team, but two, <laughs> my as bad as my college basketball bracket was, my NHL bracket is looking great. What was uh, your right pick? I know you had Colorado winning. Do you have them beating the Rangers? Yeah, I am beating the Rangers. And Can you win my anything? Final, my f- like, no, I'm not going to no. win anything. It's okay. just for bragging rights yeah. <laughs> because there are too many. There, I was looking on the NHL.com uh-huh. site and. It, 
there are too many teams or too many teams, too many brackets that are better than mine because of because you're competing against the whole world. So yeah, exactly. Like they're yeah, exactly. You're competing against every everybody uh, Uh that made one. So uh, I'd imagine that there are brackets that are better than mine. But yeah, I had the entire final four right, and uh, I had Colorado winning it all, and then being the Rangers in. They certainly could win this series too. Yeah, which is impressive because right, my my predictions going to the playoffs are so terrible. Uh, but no, I, I'm very much all in on Colorado and like oh same. Heading into the playoffs, I was indifferent about whether I thought okay they should finally break through and win it all or no they should go home early again like they had the past few years. But they are a fun team to to watch play hockey and uh, I think it'd be cool to see them finally break through. I think they they've kind of done things a. Uh, a way that other teams can model definitely took that rebuild approach. They were really bad, but they drafted well. They've oh yeah, made Talk- now that's a team that drafted trades. well. <laughs> uh, yeah, Nathan McKinnon, of course. Guys like Gabriel that one's Landis not hard. Kyle, but Kale McCarr. Yeah, Kale McCarr was is arguably one of the best, if not the best, defenseman in the league. At least offensively. Was he great. who they got in the Matt Duchesne trade? Was that how they got McCarr? Or was uh, that someone that, else? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. Uh, without, I mean, they were so bad. I think they had the first pick and the fourth pick that year. So, uh, I mean, I could, well, that wasn't the same year. Like, um, well, the, no, the year that they made the Duchesne trade, didn't they have like two top five picks because their own was terrible and Ottawa's was terrible? I'm, I don't remember. That's a good question. Uh, I'll look it up right I, now. But yeah, I mean, we it's okay. But yes, yeah, just keep talking about how great the Avalanche are. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm glad that they're in it, not just because of bracket wise but the Oilers um Mike Smith he he sucks <laughs> because <laughs> if if they were if the Oilers made it to the cup and they were going to face New York or Tampa it's very likely they would have lost because they would have had a major goalie disadvantage between uh, either against Shesterkin or Vasilevsky. Oh yeah, they have the worst goalie in the playoffs. Mike Smith at that is point. awful, <laughs> and it, I, it's a shame I, that Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl are stuck with those guys. They're there were games where they'd there were there have been multiple games this uh, playoffs for them where they've scored six goals and they still lose because their goalie was so bad, and that 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 third period uh, yesterday did not surprise me in the slightest. Where they were winning, it's like all right, they're gonna force a game five, and who knows what happens after that. But then all of a sudden, Colorado comes back and they tie it and then take the lead. And like, I went to bed I, and stopped watching after the second. It was five to five. I didn't stay up for overtime, but I wasn't shocked from Colorado scored. And who was it? The our, our Terry Lekin, the same guy who on when he was on Montreal last, last year, year, he yeah. scored the game-winning overtime goal to advance them to the Stanley Cup. So that's yeah, a cool first, I know he's the first player to score two um, goals to send his team to the Stanley Cup. Clinching since, goals. Yeah, since in overtime since the 1930s. Player for Toronto, um, something drilling. I forget his name. But yeah, that's an incredible stat. And they traded for him at the deadline this year, so... Yeah, and great, great move by Joe Sackett. He's in a top six role and he's making an impact on their power play as well. So that was definitely a great move for. Yeah. So Colorado. I looked it up. It was Brian Boehm who was the fourth overall pick for the Master Duchesne trade. I think Macaro's the year after. Oh, right. He's a de- defenseman, another young defenseman. Yeah. Uh, Bowen Byram. Yeah. Bowen okay. Byram. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. No, I was, I was trying to think like who your time, like, oh, right. Yeah. Bowen uh, Byram. The defenseman, certainly not Kale McCarr, but he's a decent. Yeah, I mean their their roster is loaded. 
Uh, I know they struggled heading into the playoffs down the stretch, but it didn't really matter at that point. And it's probably a good thing they didn't win the President's Trophy because that obviously didn't work out well for the Panthers. Yeah, just anyone like that wins any the other team. anyone that wins the President's Trophy, it's good luck. They're, you're probably not going to win it, win it all. Yeah. I will say though about Colorado is that they lost Nazem Kadri for likely the mm-hmm. the rest of the postseason, and they their goaltending. So they, Kemper got hurt. Yeah, he didn't play last night. And then their backup obviously didn't play well uh, yesterday. And so those are a couple concerns I have with Colorado, uh, whoever they face. But at the same time, I think they still should be deserved to be favorites, whoever they face. Mm-hmm. Yep, and I'll I'll definitely be be rooting for them regardless of who they face in the finals. So I will as well. Uh, but I I won't have a str- as strong of a rooting interest like against the other team uh so if it's new york like i wouldn't like it but if they want it all but i, I wouldn't hate it but tampa get the hell out of here <laughs> i'd be pretty upset if Colorado i would be, ups- I would be upset they won again like, uh, I, i'm tired i'm sick of i know especially so. like this year where it's like they weren't the best team like the past couple years you could say like yeah they're two years ago in in the bubble and then last year they didn't have um not vasilevsky it was uh Nikita Kucherov all season. So you're like, okay, they're going to plug him in off LTIR and it's going to be great for them. But this year's team, it felt like they had had options to lose. Uh, You know, Toronto, Florida, and neither of them could pull it off. And now here they are. So we'll see. They could also lose game four tonight. And now the Rangers are up three to one at home, just needing to win one game to go to the finals. And it doesn't really matter. Or we can get a, a series out of this and have a fun fun ending to the Eastern Conference. So Yeah, it, it doesn't help Tampa that they don't have Braden Point either because um, yeah. he was injured in Game 7 versus Tampa, uh, Tampa Toronto, mm-hmm. and he hasn't been back ever since. And there are, like, no reports of him coming back at any encouraging signs either of him coming back for the series. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. So we got, we'll definitely have more hockey talk uh, as the – the playoffs wind but down. Hopefully, but hopefully more basketball talk yes. and positive. Yeah, positive, talk. I know. Yeah, <laughs> We'll have more hockey technically because the Stanley Cup Finals is going to be after. So there's like an extra episode that we'll be able to squeeze in there. Uh, but for now, let's get ready to kind of wrap this one up. And we had talked before this how you went to Guatemala for a wedding. We were in Boston for a wedding. Even the week before, both of us went to weddings. So... I went to two in the past three plus weeks. You went, you were supposed to go to three. You ended up going to like 1.2, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was hoping you'd say two or one half. No, I mean, you literally showed up at 10 o'clock for a a wedding that ended at 11. So (laughs) I, I I didn't have a good week. (laughs) Yeah. So ever. No, it's, Um, it's okay. But ended uh, well, but it was, it was, uh, a roller coaster of emotions <laughs> for me. Yeah, it worked out okay in the end. It could have been much, much worse. Um, Certainly, yeah. But uh, so b- because of that, we came up with the idea of counting down our favorite wedding songs uh, to wrap this one up in our top five. And uh, before we go too far into this, I do want to say that Wedding songs can maybe not necessarily make or break a wedding, but they can definitely have a positive influence on how much fun you have as a guest. If it's a great DJ, great playlist, you're loving all the music, you're going to walk away saying, okay, that was a fun party. If 
it's not the best music selection, then you might be like, ah, this wasn't as fun of a time as it could be. I kind of wish they played more modern music or less slow songs or whatever your thought is, right? Fair I agree say. with that wholeheartedly, for sure, that the music uh, certainly makes an impact. And it's not even just weddings. It's proms and other Yeah, anything, too. you know, bars, any type of big party environment. I mean, a lot of this music is the same kind of thing. Um, <laughs> but... Even if the wedding music kind of sucks, as long as the alcohol is flowing, you get a nice meal. That that's a good time, right? Yeah. If, yeah. If, if you have alcohol in your system, too, that certainly helps. So, yeah. Imagine being a guest at a wedding where you show up expecting all of this, only to find out that instead of paying for catering service and bar service, the couple decided to spend all their money to have Mickey and Minnie Mouse show up to the wedding to be there for photos. That is an actual Reddit post that was going viral on Twitter yesterday. Uh, and wow. Am okay. I the asshole series of a bride saying <laughs> that her and her fiance are huge Disney fans. And instead of having bar and catering service, they spent the money to have two dudes in a costume show up dresses mickey and minnie mouse to be in 30 minute photos with them and they still guests show up to the reception and they're like yeah my aunt made this passive aggressive post on facebook and all the guests are divided like like, (laughs) i didn't hear about this but i don't know (laughs) this is just going last night but i didn't hear about that but i did see uh a couple there's a there's a man proposing to his girlfriend at at disney world france disney world yeah Oh, the, it was a France Disney World. It was France Disney World, and like oh, the okay. one of the workers was like, "Nope, you're not doing this here." Grab the ring, and uh, idiot. Yeah, <laughs> I'm talking about the employee. Like, oh yeah, on. no, I think everyone get, is get, hating on the employee. Stop ruining the moment. Like it's his moment. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean this is one where you say, "Oh yeah, it's your moment," but they, they invited all these guests, and uh, she makes this whole post and says that there were plenty of facilities at the venue where people could eat so basically people showed up thinking oh yeah i'm getting a meal out of this is no no there's a burger king down the road you go to that while we take photos with mickey and minnie mouse (laughs) (laughs) and she she posts a couple edits to this whole thing saying to those asking if the guests were warned in quotation like what do you mean i have to warn my guests that we're not providing them food. We clearly outline in the invitations that there is food available at the venue. We didn't exactly spell out every restaurant's menu, but it was certainly mentioned. There were also vending machines available throughout. Like, yeah, what do you mean? Just go get Doritos in the hallway. Like, what, what do you want any more than that? Like, do you think you're getting a real meal out of this? No, there's there's a Burger King across the street. You can go there instead. And then they they said, uh, for everyone saying that it's too much for 30 minutes, I want to clarify that it was two 30-minute sessions on different days, and it was $2,750 for one session. So $5,500 for two 30-minute sessions with Mickey and Minnie Mouse in costumes instead of having bar and catering service. And she's wondering why a lot of her guests were upset about this experience. I mean, I'd be fine with Burger King, but... I, I wouldn't be happy either. <laughs> if you travel to a wedding and you're told, yeah, instead of getting a real meal, you just have to go to like some fast food restaurant down the road, like. Well, in Guatemala, I actually when I when I had COVID, I got to. But that uh, wasn't at the wedding. You were there just as a right, vacationer right. at that point. Yeah, I was just saying that when when I had my extended stay, I got to try a bunch of fast food, and one of them was Burger King. And so, if it 
you're, tr- you're experimenting in a different country, like if it's any different or not. And I certainly did that with <laughs> I mean, the fast food restaurants. <laughs> I yes, know it's no, not I the same. It. I know it's not perfect food, example. Yeah. Uh, I was just saying my experience. How do you, I, I guess, have... what are your thoughts on adult Disney fans as a whole? Like um, people that, that are like obsessed about it like that? I mean, I don't know. Like I, I still, even though I'm an adult now, I'm, I still, I don't know. There's still a kid in me that likes past kid stuff. Yeah, you, you watch Pixar films on occasion, yeah, right? I yeah, I like. I, yeah, I love Pixar films. I watched one yet. I watched Monsters Inc. yesterday again. <laughs> and, oh, there you um, go. So, I don't know. It, it, there's a line, I guess. I see. I think it is a little odd, uh, personally, to frequent Disney World and things of that nature as a. a kidless adult but you know whatever makes people happy that's fine and I i'm not gonna have my who... wedding and have like a, a spongebob mascot <laughs> come to my wedding i wouldn't and say do that. oh yeah instead of food so spongebob yeah gonna show i'm not gonna up. go yeah. that far yeah and uh, i think so yeah i mean i think that there are some people who would argue that being obsessed with sports is the same thing as being obsessed with something like disney and I, I, I disagree i disagree but just for argument's sake if i was invited to a wedding between Two people who love the Red Sox, like they they bonded over their love of the Red Sox. They go to games all the time. They got engaged on the jumbotron at Fenway Park, whatever. If instead Sports of just is having also live entertainment, like you don't you don't know I mean, what's gonna happen. Uh, well, yeah, I I mean, well, I I don't know. It's probably not but just saying, but... just for for argument's sake, if I show up to a wedding between these people, and if instead of like having the first dance to dirty water and having a Red Sox cake and whatever, like a Red Sox themed wedding. If instead they like, yes, yeah, so there's no food or bar service here because we want Wally the green monster to show up for our photos. I would be pissed about that too. I mean, any idea of having just like a costume person, like I'm going to spend all this money to have them at the wedding and I expect you to show up and not complain about it. That's a ridiculous thing. Like at that point, just elope, just Go to Disney World, get married there, take photos of Mickey and say, all right, that's it. Like, throw it on Instagram. We're done here. Uh, just the idea that you're going to invite people to a reception and not have food, not have drinks for a reason like that. I just don't know how anyone can walk away not upset about that experience. Yeah, I, I'm not going to go that far with with that. So I'm, basically, what I'm trying to say is that, yeah, I, there, even though I'm an adult, there's still that kid inside me that likes certain Disney Pixar stuff. I'll still rewatch uh, my favorites, but I'm not going to go that far where I'm like uh, ruining it for everyone just for a personal thing of mine at a wedding as as big of a day that is too. So yeah, that, that's dumb. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that the saying is always the wedding is for you. The reception is for your guests to, to justify them traveling and spending all that money. You always give them a nice meal and a dance floor. <laughs> no, just there's vending machines in the hallway. What's wrong with that? So anyway, uh with that, let's go ahead and count down our favorite wedding songs in this episode's top five. Not two, not three, not four. Top five, top five, top five. So Brian, you can get started with your number five. Alright, so for my number five, I went with Teach Me How to Dougie <laughs> by the Cali Swag District, which I'm sure you're familiar with. And that's definitely a song that gets played at, I don't know, several type kinds of scenes like dances or 
club scenes, but I think it's also a, a fun wedding song. And for me personally, it, w- it wouldn't be Teach Me How to Dougie. It'd be Teach Me How to Douglas because when I try to dance to it, I'm I'm clearly white when I dance <laughs> to it. And it's nowhere near as good as a, a person that actually can really do it. But I still think it's a fun song to dance to. Uh, now, I, I'm certainly not perfect when it comes to the movies, but like I can do some of them. And uh, like I said, uh, I didn't get to go to the wedding in Guatemala, but I got to go to the wedding party uh, and they, rehearsal. Or yeah, and they played and, it there. And they played it there. And what's funny is that I I was talking a lot of shit to my cousins that, well, you guys are lucky to teach me how to Dougie isn't on because I would wreck the dance floor. And then coincidentally, <laughs> of course, f- five minutes later, they play the song and everyone's like, Oh, you got to get out there, Brian. You're talking so much <laughs> crap. Like, and then I had to do it by my, like, literally by myself. Yeah. Out there. And, uh, and I, and and I definitely had a few drinks <laughs> when uh when I did it too. So it wasn't it was pretty, but you had fun. It wasn't sure. pretty. It was certainly a teach me how to Douglas and not a teach me how to Douglas. Uh, but I, I I did it. I I I was I had the confidence to put on a show for people. Uh, <laughs> uh doing dancing to that song. So. It's, it's yeah i think i think it's a good uh wedding choice oh for sure i mean i never really learned how to dougie but if if you know what you're doing then i mean that's that's a fun one to dance to um i also kind of went with a choreographed dance song for ni- my number five because i guess what's the easiest way to get people out on a dance floor play a line song forces them to dance song that ideally everyone knows how to do and if there's one line dance song that everyone knows how to do it's a cha-cha slide because dj casper literally just spells it out to you the whole time slide to your left slide to your right left foot right song you know right foot left song. two hops is time yeah boom boom reverse reverse it, it's just Everybody super easy clap your hands and uh yeah no, i i love i love that song <laughs> for that reason because it's not one where i'm like constantly looking around oh am i doing this right uh you know am i going the right way I know what I'm doing because they tell me oh, every single word. So there are there are definitely some songs where that are group specifically group uh, dances, uh, and you're you're just looking around everywhere, and you're trying to do the same thing as everyone else. Like, am I even doing this right? Like, right. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you're looking in a different direction while everyone's looking the other way. And oh, I know. I, I hate it if I'm like on the outside and like three quarters of the time I'm in a good spot, but then at one point, the only way I can do is look backwards and it's just ah, I, I hate it if i don't know what i'm once doing once it gets to that so. point you just you just want to stop you just want to leave the floor right and just watch everyone else do it the, the ones that know how to do it i know which is it's no fun so for me cha-cha slide um i was actually hanging with some friends um at the end of last year we were having a karaoke night and in the middle of it someone's like okay we're gonna take a quick break from the karaoke and we're gonna do the cha-cha slide in his apartment first i've ever done that at someone's house like not at a bar and it was so much fun and not even 90 seconds after we were done there was a knock on the door saying hey i don't mind the singing but can you not jump around or like that's fair (laughs) (laughs) it was a wild move it was so much fun I, d- I love that song. It's it's a great one. I definitely feel like I know what I'm doing amidst all the other songs that are, uh, you know, line dances that I like. I kind of know what I'm doing. This one, I know for sure how to dance to it. Okay, so for my number four, so out of my top five, most of the songs I picked are their group songs, whether if it's dancing related or singing related. But I wanted to pick one song where it's like a first dance song. 
And yeah, like a slow dance song. A slow dance song, your first dance, like with your with your significant other. And I, there were several choices that I thought about and that I could have put picked for this slot, but I just I can only pick one. And I decided to go with "Make You Feel My Love" by Adele, which is a, in my opinion, a timeless romantic song. And I guess I thought to myself, um, for this, why did I pick this one? I I went with this one because. One, it's one like I said, it's very romantic. But two, if I was dancing for my first dance, dancing with my significant other, I think the lyrics in this song would would show like how I would feel about my significant other. Is basically what I'm trying to say for for the lyrics in this specific song. So that's why I picked that one. I know you also love Adele, so and that too. I I love Adele. I was I was debating between that and Lover by T Swift. uh, in her album, coincidentally, also called Lover, and a few other slow songs. Uh-huh. Uh, I feel like Ed Sheeran would be too mainstream. Um, although I yeah. guess you could say you could say Adele might be too, but uh, I, I I've heard Thinking Out Loud and uh, what's that other song? Perfect. Those uh, are those are played out. Yeah, I mean Thinking Out Loud definitely like Thinking I Out Loud that, for sure. That's like a slower a song, so yeah, that could work. That's what I'm saying though. Like that's that's a slow song that's kind of too popular now and so i want to go go with one that's a little bit more neat. that was a song that you sang karaoke at a italian Gosh, nightclub yeah. <laughs> i had to bring that up but <laughs> yeah so I, that's the reason why i went with uh that song for my number four yeah so my number four is also a slow song um i went with tennessee whiskey by chris stapleton and i picked this Partially because I really love this song, but also because earlier this year, so two weddings, not from the the most recent time, but back in February and March, they only played one slow song, and that one slow song was Tennessee Whiskey, and I was like, it's perfect. You can sing along with it. For the first one, I had a date uh, dancing with her. Second one, I didn't have a date, but I was on the dance floor when it played, and I jokingly, like grabbed my friend and was like oh let's dance and he's like all right we're committed now and i was like oh no so i gave him one one uh one verse in the chorus i was like uh this isn't this isn't what i wanted to do <laughs> it felt <laughs> you know just a mix all the couples uh me and this other guy but uh it's a fun one um you know and occasionally i'll just listen to it just because I, I like the song uh right but it's it's definitely a good slow song it's one that but if you're in somewhere where you're with a lot of country music fans everyone's gonna love this i know so many people who are huge fans of the song which definitely helps and uh, yeah i mean there are other slow songs i could have gone with i i tend to appreciate any uh italian singers from like the 50s and 60s you know your sinatra your dean martins but i uh i like the the modern versions of uh you know modern slow songs as well and this is my my top choice for that i think uh the one wedding i got to start to finish yeah (laughs) i think this i'm pretty sure this song played uh the the one on your list uh tennessee whiskey tennessee whiskey i'm pretty sure that played at that wedding because there was a lot of country and i'm pretty when i was listening so i never heard of it yeah and so i looked it up on spotify and i listened to it i'm like i think this is the one i heard uh a few weeks ago, uh, the first wedding I went to. So, so yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it would make sense. It's, yeah. it's definitely a popular one. So, for my number three, I went with <laughs> Single Ladies or Put a Ring on It by Beyonce. I'm not the biggest Beyonce fan, but I love <laughs> this song. I think it's the catchiest song ever. And kind of like Teach Me How to Dougie, it's, 
it's not pretty when I'm trying to do the moves to this song, but it's another song where I can do the moves enough where it's like, where if you see it, it's like, oh, that's the single ladies dance from Beyonce. Uh-huh. And I, I can do that dance. Again, it wouldn't look great compared to people who actually really know how to do it, but uh, I can do some of the moves in, in that uh, song. And it's just the catchiest song. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, it definitely is. So even uh, if I'm not the biggest Beyonce fan compared to other female artists, I do like that song specifically. And I think that one's yeah. a lot of fun to... I mean, it makes sense for a wedding, especially having a lot and of single and guests. Right, and it crowd, makes so. it makes perfect sense for a wedding, just given the lyrics of put a ring on it and uh-huh. with all the single ladies. <laughs> so uh, so I have that as number three for those reasons. Yeah. Uh, my number three, Whitney Houston, I Want to Dance with Somebody. Uh, that's a great way to also just <laughs> have fun time singing and dancing on the floor. It's a, a fun song, especially when they get to the chorus, everyone just belting it out. I love, uh, I love the, like the bridge that goes into it. And, um, the past two weddings I went to, it played and I really enjoyed myself and it seemed like a lot of people enjoyed themselves. It was a great song to kind of combine the, like the young people who hear it at bars and the older crowd who, you know, grew up listening to it years ago. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think there are a lot of songs that are about dancing with people, but I Want to Dance with Somebody is is my, my go-to for, for that. I'm a fan of that choice. And for my number two, this didn't play at any of the weddings, but I feel like this song is a great song to sing along to in a group. And you hear you hear at sporting events, too, the at Ann Arbor, the Michi- at Michigan, like that stadium, like they play that song all the time. And the song is called Mr. Brightside uh, by the Killers. I just think it's mm-hmm. a perfect uh, song to sing to in a group, or especially since it's a song I feel like a very high majority of people know the lyrics to. And For sure. Especially yeah. when it gets to the chorus, uh, especially the end of the chorus where, open up my eager eyes. And then everyone, and then. Because I'm, I'm Mr. Brightside. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I feel like a very high majority of people would know the song, and it's enough uh, enough people would know the song to sing it along in a huge group, too. Man. It's definitely one of my favorites. Uh, so I put that as number two. I, again, I didn't hear any of the wings I went to. <laughs> Not that I went to <laughs> all of them, of course, but uh, if I were to have mine, I would pick this. Uh, I would have this in the playlist. Yeah, I'm glad that you included it on your list uh, so that way I didn't have to. Uh, if we did top five songs that white people love to rock out to, this is probably number one. <laughs> yeah. And look, I appreciate my Mr. Brightside. I, I recognize it as a very good song. I've loved it pretty much since it came out. I've known all the words for a decade and a half now. I just think it's so overhyped and overrated at this point. And I'm like, I'm an authentic fan of the Killers, so... To me, it's not my favorite killer song. There are other songs that I prefer to listen to. In a group setting, this is perfect. Like I totally agree with you. If it comes on at a party, I'm going to be belting it out just like everybody else. I just think that it's... You just uh, think it's a little overrated. I think it's a little overrated. I was prepared to put it as my number five. When I saw you put it as your number two, I was like, okay, good. We can talk about it. I can get that (laughs) out there without having to just throw it on my list as like a pandering pick. Yeah, I I totally understand why... think it's overrated and uh-huh. there are there are things that i know deep down that i there are certain things that i overrate but i, I don't care at the same time 
Oh, no. I mean, it, I, there's nothing wrong with it. Like, there are so many people who would see that and be like, yes, that is a great pick. Corey, why was it not on your list? Just explaining. It's a take I've had for a long time. I think it's the most overrated killer song, one of the most overrating songs overall. doesn't necessarily mean that it's not a great song, and it's not a perfect song to play at a wedding because you know everyone's going to get hyped to it. There are just other songs that I would choose. So... That being said, my number two, a song that's definitely not overhyped and overrated, Don't Stop Believing My Journey. Which... <laughs> so you just went on a rant about how uh, you think this yeah. my song was over. No, I don't want to say this song is overrated, but. I mean, no, it's it, totally it, fair. Well, like... <laughs> well, it's just that like it's the one Journey song. I don't want to say it's the only song I know from Journey. Like, there's another no, one there, like, there any way you ones. want it. That's the yeah. way you need it. Like, I know that song and a couple other uh, ones. I know there's another song. I mean, you, you go ahead while I look this up. But, but it's just that, like, for Journey, it's clearly their w- number one hit. Like, mm-hmm. The Killers, their clear number one hit is Mr. Brightside. Oh, yep. And yep. So, very similar thought process where it's it's a perfect uh, group song to sing along Everyone to, knows the words. Everyone's going to go everyone crazy. Everyone knows the lyrics. But at the same time... Is it a little overrated? Probably, yeah. So but. I think, it, is it Faithfully? Is that, I think that's the song. So it played at the past wedding on Friday, and then it was playing on the road, um, like driving to the airport when when my mom had uh, the radio on. Uh, I definitely thought it was a song by meatloaf at first and then eventually i was like wait a sec this definitely sounds like journey and i made the comment is this meatloaf and people started making fun of me for it oh another i think song it's I like, faithfully but another song i like from journey is uh lights there are definitely songs by them that i know i just don't necessarily realize what they are but anyway the one thing i'll say about don't stop believing doesn't matter the setting this song needs to be played near the end of wherever you are this is a perfect final final ish song doesn't need to be the last one this isn't a song you play at 9 p.m when When, the night ends at two when i went to prom not our senior year the year after Mm -hmm. that prom the dj was not great i remember hearing stories about it yeah the only two songs that he played that I liked where one <laughs> teach me how to ducky but <laughs> what's so dumb is that he played it for like the first minute and then, and then just he went on to a random yeah. uh, just another random song like it, it, it didn't even play the entire song like just just like once it came on it's like all right that's it we're going to another song like all right and then but the only great really great song that was played start to finish was don't stop believing and it was near the end too um so that, that was the most fun part of the night was when that song came on because every like is like we talked about like everyone knows that song and so everyone went to the dance floor and started mm-hmm. singing along and it was it was that part was great. Yeah, I mean it's it's a great song to get everybody going. Uh, and I guess speaking of great songs to get everybody going, we both have the same number one. And it's, to me, it's the quintessential wedding song. You think of this song, you think of weddings at the I same of, time. Yeah. I think of uh that scene in Wedding Crashers when uh so when it's Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson were singing along to it. And it, it initially became popular from a different movie, Animal House, back in the seventies. It's had a ton right. of longevity. That's shout by Otis and the Knights. And I think that this song actually existed before that movie, but that's the popular version, which just blows my mind that this movie uh made it the song it is today. 
doesn't matter if you're members of the Delta Tau Chi fraternity at a yoga party, toga party, or if you're guests at a wedding. When Shout comes on, everyone comes on the dance floor and everyone has a great time throwing their arms up in the air. You love getting up and down as the volume lowers and raises. It's just the... It's the quintessential wedding song. That's the only way I look at it. Uh, to me, that I could have gone in totally different orders in my two through five, but there's no doubt what my number one was going to be. Yeah, I'm definitely a fan of that song as well. Yeah, it's uh, always a good time. Um, one of the weddings I went to earlier this year, I wasn't on the dance floor when it started playing, and I like had to like run out there, and I was like way behind the crowd trying to get in. And someone put a video on their Instagram story, and I decided to share it, and I was definitely getting roasted a little. It was not the uh, <laughs> the best moment for me for that song that was captured, but it didn't stop me from <laughs> enjoying myself when it played. Um, do you have any honorable mentions? I have a bunch. Uh, you know, I was going to put um, the the killers, Mr. Brightside on there. I was actually shocked that you didn't put Dancing Queen. I was thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably the first honorable mention. I was thinking about it. Uh, I decided to leave it out, but. Yeah, I know, I know you're a huge mention. fan yeah. of that one. I know. It's, it, you weren't there when it played at the wedding, but I think it played at the bar afterwards. So yeah. you were. Uh, I was going to say, I remember, I remember it that night. Immediately when it happened, I was like, oh boy, let's look at Brian. And there you are getting <laughs> up from your seat in the middle of the dance floor. Oh yeah, uh, um, yeah. So some others I have crank that soldier boy, always a classic. <laughs> Similar to teach me how to Dougie, one where it's like, yeah, you you know how to Superman. Oh, every, but like, <laughs> I remember middle school dances when that song came on, everyone uh, would lose their mind. Oh yeah, uh, it, like literally everyone would do it. Um, I heard yeah, a story recently, uh, like a few weeks ago, about some guy who was like calling into a radio show, um, saying that he was. So he went to his brother's wedding the day before. This is now Monday. And he's calling the radio show saying, hey, I just had to go pick up crutches because my brother at his own wedding tore his ACL dancing to Soldier Boy <laughs> doing the Superman. That sucks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Uptown Funk by Bruno Mars and Mark Ronson. Pretty much the only time I will ever enjoy this is if I'm in a big group setting. And I don't know what it is. So that song, I just absolutely love yeah, that, it. That song gets played at basically almost every wedding. Yeah. Um there was a so I don't know have you ever heard of um Tin Roof Bar? It's a it's like a chain bar uh mostly in like the south and the midwest, but we were at a Tin Roof in Columbia, South Carolina a few years ago and I was there with my parents, like a bunch of friends, and my mom got the bar to play Uptown Funk because she loved this song for whatever reason and everyone was out on the dance floor and nobody left after it happened. So like, I always like associate it with that. It was like the, the one song that got everybody going. Um, I've Party been, in the uh, USA by Miley Cyrus. Oh, par- oh love that. That was another one that I thought I regret, about throwing I regret, on. I thought I regret, you were going to put it. I got two regrets now. <laughs> I will say no, a but- good... A good DJ plays Party in the USA at a wedding. A great DJ follows it up with a Britney Spears song to get the, the transition. <laughs> Or Jay-Z. Yeah, I mean, I usually like the second verse. You know, you got to let it play out. You don't want it cutting off after a minute, right? Just like mm-hmm. with Teaching You How to Dougie. All right. Oh, but yeah, Pardon USA is another great choice. Yeah. Uh, you know the song Sugar by uh, Maroon 5? That one's that one's pretty good. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and if you look at the YouTube video, that's is it at wedding, a wedding themed. Yeah. Yeah, it's wedding themed uh, for, for that yeah. song. That one's not bad. 
I was gonna say um, pour some sugar on me by Def oh, that, <laughs> pour, yeah. or or pour some sugar on me. Yeah, that one too. Yeah, the, too many uh, too many songs to have for just five. Yeah, and then a, another one. I guess I, I have more, but the last one I'll throw out "Friends in Low Places" by Garth Brooks. That's like my number one karaoke song. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, this is one where you could play it anywhere. People are gonna sing along and have a good time. Uh, which I think it's ironic to consider it a wedding song, though, because it's literally about a guy who like shows up to his ex's either engagement party or her wedding or whatever, just makes a huge scene and says, I don't care that we're not together anymore. I'm going to go drink my problems away now. Um, um, come on, Eileen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that that's one of many songs that you can throw out there, especially like the 80s has so many like that where everyone doesn't oh, yeah. matter how old you are you know all the it, words you're gonna have it, a good time it makes me feel like i was born in the wrong generation <laughs> <laughs> i <laughs> the mean amount 80s, the amount of 80s songs i like there well there's <laughs> so many good ones for for weddings and I, I think it's what makes them great for weddings the fact that they span a wide range of age group of people being able to enjoy them it's a good way to get uh the kids and the adults out there having a good time together yeah for sure so definitely a fun one um, I'm sure there are plenty of other songs that we'll hear in the future and be like, ah, oh, I should have thrown that one on my list. I'm glad but... you threw out Party in the USA because uh, I forgot about that one. Like, oh, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I love that song. And then Dancing Queen, I did not forget. <laughs> it's just, it's just yeah, it just didn't make the cut somehow. just didn't make the cut for whatever reason. Um, yeah. So anyway, um, next episode, probably after the NBA Finals is over. If uh, one team wins the next three games, it'll be next week. Otherwise, it'll be two weeks from now. Uh, probably talk some U.S. Open, maybe some live golf. Are you excited for that? Oh God, no, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's that's definitely odd. Uh, seeing Dustin Johnson on that, uh, yeah, maybe not when he gets paid one hundred fifty million. Yeah, when you yeah when you make as, has made as much money as he's had, it's like, does he need to be there? I mean, maybe maybe Paulina. Like has spent like all the money on shopping or something, and he needs to make money <laughs> by going over. I think over it's more there. just that he doesn't really care about anything. That's not or anyone. Maybe he's just <laughs> the just the most nonchalant guy and doesn't care uh-huh. what anyone thinks. And so yeah, he just goes with it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely not... odd odd time. Uh, and then Phil's there now, and is he actually in it now? Yeah, he's 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 in it now, and a few okay. other guys. Yeah, I know Kevin yeah. Na made a Kevin big Na. Post. I was just about, to, just about to say Kevin Na. Some people were certainly thrilled about those that news. I don't know if you know yeah. Grayson Murray, but those two no. guys hate each other. Okay, and he literally tweeted out that like, "Thank God you're there." Um, the, and he and he said that now now PGA tour events can go much faster now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know yeah. that's one of his problems is he takes forever to putt. Yeah, and then and then Sergio is now there and. I don't know if you remember, but there was an event where he was arguing with a PGA yep. Tour official, and I saw like, that. Like, I can't wait. I can't to wait get to be out. done. Yeah, can't wait to be done with this stupid, stupid uh, tour. And like, uh, well, that guess means he's going too. And yep. Now he's there. Yeah. So I'm not really. A, I think it's. I don't know. I don't. I'm not a fan. I I'm not. Yeah. I'm not excited for it. I think it's the whole thing is pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and then of course, I'm not gonna let this go unmentioned, but Rafa Nadal won the French Open this past weekend. 14th title. King of Clay. King of Clay. 14? 14 French Open titles and 17 tries. I would have guessed a high amount. It wouldn't have been high enough. He's (laughs) 122-3 all-time at Roland Garros. It's it's insane. 
He he's he's the best. And twenty two major titles, most all time. He's my goat. You know, I know everyone wants to debate him versus Federer versus Djokovic, but Nadal has been awesome this year after already winning the Australian Open. Now he wins the French Open. 36 years old, not 100% healthy, didn't slow him down, even beat Novak in the quarterfinals. So, Yeah, I'll admit I don't care about tennis enough, but uh, for me it's just like anyone but Djokovic. <laughs> yeah, which I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't really care, I, though. But... Yeah, I don't love Djokovic. I do yeah, love I'm, Nadal, so I'm totally, very I'm happy totally about fine that one. With, uh, I don't know. I like Federer and Nadal. That's really yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, so N- Nadal pulled it out. So very happy about that one. Um, Yeah. Uh, Angels fired Joe Madden today. I saw 12-game losing that, streak. Are, they gonna, are the Red Sox going to make it 13? <laughs> we'll see. Uh, I was surprised about the Michael Waka complete game. Someone actually oh, threw I know. a complete game, and it was on the Red Sox. Wow. Right? Did not expect that. But no, I'm, part of me was thrilled about the – Joe Madden news, losing 12 in a row is pretty bad, especially when you have some elite players like Trout and Otani and others. Yeah. Although Trout has been really bad lately. but He was awesome. It's just that, I don't know, Joe Madden, for me, he, he comes off as that guy who has all the answers or he thinks he has all the answers or uh-huh. knows everything. Um, and... So I've never been a fan of him either. I've never been a fan, I've never been a fan of Joe Madden is basically what I'm trying to say. Yeah, so, Joe Girardi also got the axe. And, that too, uh, I saw that. Yeah. Say the Phillies haven't lost since, but they also played the Angels. So, well, it's uh, like it's like in hockey, you need a new voice in the room, and then uh, uh, they'll probably go on a run now, right? Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I just hope that it waits till after the Red Sox because the Red Sox are about five hundred. They're third in the American Blew my mind third that they're actually now. a playoff team. I know. Yeah, <laughs> Which shows I mean, you how bad the, the uh, AL is. Pretty is. bad. I mean, the whole whole league, both the AL and NL, are really bad right now. Yeah, it's definitely a few dominant teams that, like show, that shows you how uh how bad it is if the red Sox are in the playoffs the way they, <laughs> the way they've played this year yeah it was uh it was tough reading jeff passan's trade deadline preview article the other day where he's like yeah the red Sox would be a team if they fall out of it they're gonna trade literally everybody they're gonna be this year's cubs xander bogarts rafael devers nathan avaldi like all these guys jd martinez i was like oh no that sounds horrible <laughs> but yeah, we'll see how that goes. I'm sure we'll have lots of baseball things to talk about in the coming months. Like always. Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> it's the only sport, so maybe really? we'll have to. <laughs> no. <laughs> I've been as out of touch as ever with baseball. Yeah. So, but I mean, I st- I'll still. I've I'll kept still, up enough. I'll still kept. I'll still keep up with the Red Sox, like whether they're good or bad. But yeah, they, yeah. they'll be. Pirates swept the outside Dodgers. Of the, outside of the Red Sox, I'm, I'm as out of touch as ever with baseball. So, uh-huh. um, it's really the, the Celtics need to win. They have to win this series because uh, I, I got I got nothing with <laughs> the, the Bruins are about to be one of the worst teams now, and then the Patriots. Oh my God, they got freaking Matt Patricia as their offensive coordinator, and the Red Sox. I don't care how good their run has been lately; they're still not great, and so I need the Celtics to win. It's all I got now. Yeah, uh, I, I definitely of, hope they pull it out. Because uh, after the Celtics, uh, I, I don't even know what it is for me. Like <laughs> it's just wait. It's just like looking at the clock and waiting for football to start. <laughs> Look at the calendar. And even then, it's you know, there's only so much to be excited about. But I know. Yeah. All right, so uh, that'll do it for this one. For my co-host Brian Wells, I'm Corey Novotny. Thanks, everyone.